I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. The windbags do China. I am uh, currently in Shanghai, China. Got in last night. It is uh, 11.30 in the morning on Thursday here. It is 9 o'clock at night in L.A. currently as we're recording. Yes. And uh, I've, uh, I've made it alive so far. Yeah, you know, you haven't talked to many people. That's why I think you haven't had too many chances to put your foot in your mouth yet. Well, I just want to say, um, you know, in China, they have this regime where all of your Internet is watched. Everything you post is watched. Social media is all watched. And so on that note, I just want to say I love China. I think the government in China is absolutely fantastic. I think the U.S. could learn a lot. From China, and the dear leader here is someone I adore. I'm going to put his picture above my bed when I get home. I love China. Yeah. If you don't think the U.S. government is watching everything you do and say and post and shit, then you're, you're out of it. Yeah, they, they, at least the U.S. like lies about it. They're like, no, we're totally not watching everything. And China's like, oh, we're watching you. So there's a there's a thing where if you jaywalk on a on China on certain Chinese streets. They'll pop your picture up on the like light post. Like there's like a TV on the street light, and your picture will pop up, and it says like, "Yep, we caught you. We caught you jaywalking." And they track that, so like they'll know every time. Like, oh, RJ jaywalked three times in May in May of 2023, and they track that. So they're like, "Wow, they're on you." Yeah, imagine like like a, my buddy was telling me he came here for the van skates skate pro thing like last year he worked the tv show for that and he was saying how these skaters like thought it was cool so they would keep like skating across the street just to keep their photo keep coming up so they're gonna crank up like 18 violations got like 132 violations <laughs> oh god that sounds awful but uh but we're here we're live we're doing it Get um me. and uh and because it's an away game for me very away um this is the rare Soto built show. So you did the rundown. Um, pull the pull the curtain back. Normally I do it just because I work. My work is from home, so I'm in front of a computer more than Soto is. Um, but the other way you can tell that it's a Soto show, very Derek Carr heavy. Mr. Once he leaves, I'm never going to talk about him. He puts together one show, and it's a ton of Derek Carr. It is. Which is fine. Which is fine by me. No. We can, um, I agree with that. But here's the thing. We can both agree this is a very like dead time, right? Where there's not a lot of news going on. I just looked at like Twitter and I looked at, you know, anything that I where I get news about the Raiders. And a lot of this shit came up. It wasn't just me, it was like TV shows that were doing it, um, you know, stuff like that. So whenever no they bring up Raiders. You were, you were forced in? into a corner, and you had to make it Derek Carr heavy. I get it. It was a yeah. lot of stuff that was already out there. It was, and, it, and this is after you did a solo show, live solo show about Aiden O'Connell getting number four, Derek Carr's number. So there was even more cars. I didn't. I didn't. It was not about O'Connell. It was about Carr. 
I'm sorry. Other way. It wasn't about Carl. It was about O'Connell. <laughs> I get it. I get it. He's. It's like um, you know, every single like speech, like debate show. They're just like we got nothing. Let's just go with like is LeBron the goat? LeBron versus MJ. Let's just let's just, yeah, do, let's that just do that again. Let's do that again. Uh, and on those lines, question of the day. We'll put it. We'll post it down, uh, pinned in top of the comments section. Curious what you guys think. Was 2022 more on Derek Carr or Josh McDaniels? And it's you know. Win, loss, a lot of things. I, I, I generally think we should focus more on just kind of like the passing game, right? Was the passing game on Carr, Josh McDaniels? I think that's probably the, the most intelligent way to go about this conversation. Uh, was 2022 more on Derek Carr or Josh McDaniels? So um, courtesy of NFL Network, what show is this from? Good Morning Football? or This was from uh, Up and Adams. Kay Adams Up has her Adams. own show called Up and Adams. Okay. Uh, so... This is the stats for Derek Carr in 2021 versus 2022. Um, his 2022 numbers are almost completely across the board. His second worst numbers of his nine-year career. His rookie year was awful. That he was a rookie. Team was terrible. Everything's bad about that team. Those numbers are going to be hard to beat, basement-wise. Um, but as, aside from his rookie year, this was statistically Derek Carr's worst season. Um, he had, he lost about 50 yards per game passing his completion percentage dropped about 8% his passer rating dropped about eight points and 2021 was his worst year of his last three years. His 2020 and 2019 were even better. He had like a uh, 28 to four touchdown interception ratio one season. His completion percentage was better. His passer rating was better. So even as good as he was in 2021, he was even better before that 2022 happens and everything falls down. Um, Soto, you go first. This is a very diff the reason I put it on there is it's a really good question, and it's a question that doesn't have an immediate answer. Um, yeah. and 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 the thing is, is will we find out whose really quote unquote fault it was after this season? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that you necessarily will will get that answer, a clear answer anyway. I think yeah. if you're going in with kind of like a notion or kind of a way that you're leaning things you can pull things that will kind of push you a little bit more towards that side but i don't know that you, we're going to get a concrete answer because they're not together anymore they're in different yeah. situations and we don't really know it would take i think the only way we can come to like a pretty firm answer to that question in just next season is if the numbers are giantly swayed one way like if Carr goes Both to New Orleans, yeah, one's really yeah, goes, high, one's goes really to low. like the NFC championship, has a career year. Uh, the passing game for the Raiders this season was even worse than last season. Like it would have to be extremes, but or the other way, right? Derek the Carr way, yeah. plays awful, right? Like it was even worse than last season in New Orleans. And then uh, Jimmy G puts up record numbers. Like if there's massive extremes, then we can say like, okay, I think we can, I think we know the answer to that. But if it's like, if it's even remotely close, I think this is something that you'll get an answer to. Let's say Carr plays for the Saints for another like seven years, which is very possible, right? Plays always 37 with the same franchise. Let's just assume. If, then I think we can compare, right? His nine years with the Raiders, his seven years, and then specifically his year with Josh McDaniels. I think, I think then we'll be able to answer that question, but I'm with you. It's really, it's really hard to be definitive in one season. I still stand. So we've, you know, there's no secret where we stand here on this. Like, I think 
last season was more on Josh McDaniels. You think it was more on Derek Carr. We both agree that just them together doesn't work. Honestly, you don't know. Dude, I don't know. Because okay. you were pretty know. adamant earlier. No, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who yeah. it was like. What I do know is this: it wasn't a good marriage. It wasn't a good fit. It's like when, like, when a couple has a couple friends that the friends they're like married and they get divorced, and like your wife thinks it's his fault, you think it's her fault, but you both agree that they should get divorced. Yeah, kind of like that. It's kind of like that's kind of like Raiders and Josh McDaniels with us. Look, I, I've gone, I've gone both ways on these guys. Telling, hey, th- these are the reasons why it didn't work from from Josh McDaniels' end. These are the reasons why it didn't work on Derek Carr's end. And um, again, like, like it, it, let's say, for example, in a, in, in a perfect world for everybody, mm-hmm. Derek Carr plays well, more more of like the 2020, 2019 Derek Carrs, right? And mm-hmm. And Jimmy G comes in here and he plays really well himself. And the the, the offense gets better and, and, and the Raiders win more, right? They both do well. We can look at it and yeah. say, really, it wasn't anybody's fault. It just wasn't a, a connection. They didn't they didn't yeah. really connect on what, what what needed to get done. It wasn't like this scheme is crap, this player is crap. It's just together, it just didn't work. And it, it, it partially they it was each because other, but they weren't in like with each other. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I passed the note. Do you like me? Yes, no. And you get back to maybe. You know, it's like, yeah. ah, I don't know. But it, it's it, it could very well be that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could very well be like, you know what? His offense is sound. I mean, we had a couple of people that – players that performed to all pro levels last year offensively. Mm-hmm. We had a lead, leading rusher, and we had Devonta Adams make all pro as well. So it wasn't like it was all bad. What you're looking at is how does it work as a team, and, and and that's that 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 it's so important. And the reason why the the camera on games is so fixed on the quarterback and the head coach is because those are the most two important guys on your team. Yeah. And, and if they're not in lockstep, it's just it's just not going to work, regardless of how good one or the other is. If they're not together, if they're not on the same page. If they're not willing to give up of themselves to make it work, it's not going to work. Well, I, I just try to look at numbers and I see like, all right, Derek Carr's production plummeted over how when he was on a really good three, four year run. Why? And it's either Josh McDaniels, him and Josh McDaniels, or he just fell off. Like it's still possible. It's still possible. Derek Carr got old. Fell off, like not likely, but we got to call count on possibilities, right? Um, and you look at Josh McDaniels as a head coach, not as an offensive coordinator under Belichick, but as a head coach, whether it's his quarterback or the quarterback he inherited, they've never performed. They've never performed well, right? So it's that's why I'm leaning on like, all right, I think it's Josh McDaniels just based on previous history. Mm-hmm. But because the sample size of what Josh McDaniels has done with quarterbacks is so small. You know, we can still give some optimism that, like, hey, maybe him and Jim and G- Jimmy G can do something this next season because Lord knows they have to at this point. Like, for anyone saying the Raiders are rebuilding, like, get that out of your head. You don't sign Jimmy G for $33 million guaranteed because you're rebuilding. That's, you, no, you, don't. That's, you don't. If that's, we were rebuilding, we would have kept Jared Stidham and have him and Aiden O'Connell go at it, right? Mm-hmm. And then rebuild everything. We're not going to throw all this money. At a, a at an over thirty quarterback with an injury history, if it's not like, look, let's put things together now. So, um, 
I mean, offens- offensively, we should be a top 10 offense with the weapons that we have at our disposal. Yeah. And I mean, the coaching that we have offensively, we should be a top 10 offense. There's no reason why we wouldn't. Honestly, something that does give me op- a little bit of, you know, a spark of optimism is the fact that our two most important people in the organization were not on the same page and we still lost a ton of close games. If we have that buy-in with somebody, even if you feel like Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as talented, if you want to use that word, talented, which which doesn't matter. It's about productions, production over talent, right? I, that's that's what mm-hmm. matters is how you produce. Let's, but if you think that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as talented as Derek Carr was, if he buys in and he understands what the system and what the offense wants to do better – he can perform better, and that will allow the team to perform better. So that's what that's yep. kind of like what the the optimism of, of any player, whether you're a staunch car backer, whether you're you hate Josh McDaniels or whatever. If you want the Raiders to be successful, that's what you're clinging to. This is another reason too why it's it's so hard to make that to to point the finger definitively after one season, unless it's really extreme, is because. All those close games, right? It could have gone either way, and there were still positives coming out of it. But also, like, I feel like the team got worse player-wise, right? Like, I feel like just like on on paper, pure athlete-wise. And we'll get to the – a really good example of this is the O-line, which we'll get to here shortly or towards the end of the show. Mm. But talent-wise, it went lower after a season with so many one-point games – it's just a jambalaya. Like there's no like hard factors. Like, look, the last season of this season, here's how we know we're gonna be better or worse. It's just like there's a, a million variables between last yeah. season and this season. I mean, it's it's hard, man. It's hard because look, we, we, we can we can say with with I mean, I think the most certainty that Devontae Adams is gonna be himself. Now, are his numbers going to be as good? Well, you need someone to throw you the ball, but you, your play yourself, your specific play is going to be at an all-pro level. We know that. Okay, fine. Where it starts to get sticky is I think that um, Jacoby Myers is better than the, the guys that we had at, at the number two receiver last year. I think he's better. Um, hopefully, Hunter Renfro comes back healthy. And he's more like the Hunter Renfro of previous seasons, not last year. But we have to go off of that, right? What he gave us last year. Can he be better? Hopefully he can. The issues that we run into is stuff like tight end. Is Michael Mayer going to be better than Darren Waller? Well, when you ask that question, a lot of people are going to go to Darren Waller was a hunter catch guy. Darren Waller, whoa, whoa. Darren Waller hasn't been that in a couple of years. So for this offense to be better, Michael Mayer just have to be better than Darren Waller was last year. Well, and just to be better, you just have to be healthy. You have to be on the field. I, I think all, he's going to have better. Low, that's how low Darren Waller is in the last two seasons. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that position with under with the, the, the Josh McDaniels Raiders, I think the tight end position is going to produce a hell of a lot more than it did last year. So you have a better number two, Devontae is going to be Devontae, and a better tight end. 
you know, we're talking about the o- o- offensive line. Um, you have Josh Jacobs with still a lot to prove, you know, franchise year, stuff like that. So I, I don't it, – it all comes down to that relationship between head coach and, and quarterback. So that's the question of the day. Who do you blame? 2022 on Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, pins, comment section. Give me Derek some Curry. scorched earth, please, guys. What all right. y'all think? Give me the what and the why. Please. If I know one Not thing about Raider Nation, they're uh, they're very lukewarm about Derek Carr. No extreme opinions one way or the other. He's just kind of a guy. No one really has strong feelings about him one way or the, the other. What and the why? Don't just give me the what. Um, continuing on the quarterback heavy show, a lot of Derek Carr versus Jimmy G stuff. Um, you found a stat. On fourth quarter comebacks. And it's like most quarterback stats. It was designed just to give Tom Brady a giant hand job. God damn, he's so much far further ahead than everybody else. Um, but because it's a Raider podcast, we get actually quality stuff out of it. Uh, Derek Carr is known as like you know, the comeback guy, right? He's leads the league in fourth quarter overtime comebacks. Um, he's done it so well. Obviously, a lot of practice because he's been behind in so many games. Just how the Raiders have played the nine seasons he was a Raider. Um, so how does he compare to Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo, according to this metric, which we'll get to in a second, better than Derek Carr. 12 out of 24, fourth quarter comics against opponents, Derek Carr, 33 of 75. So Derek Carr not only has three times as many, uh, been in the situation three times as often as Jimmy G, um, his percentage is about 6% low. Now, uh, they're both really high up there. Jimmy G is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th on this list. Carr is 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18th on this take list. Take your shoes off. You got to... All right. Start counting. You know, Good thing it count. wasn't over 21. 18th on the on this list. And this is um, since what year? 20... 1994. 1994, right? So since 1994, he's a, Derek Carr is the 18th best, Jimmy Garoppolo 8th best. So they're both pretty damn good. Um, this is my issue and you probably can't read it on the super fine print, but the way they came up with this number is they took any single time. The quarterback has the ball at least once in the fourth quarter overtime and your team and his team was down or tie or down at least one score or tied in the fourth quarter and overtime. So I don't like the metric they used for this. Because like you could be down 13 to 14 going into the fourth quarter and then lose 38-35 and it mean in, in it would be a loss on this game winning drive metric, right? So there's still some value here, but it just it's not a definitive stat, right? There's there but there is still it's a, a lot good of talking point. It's it's a good talking point. It's like basically how are you in the fourth quarter in a close game? Basically. That's more that's more what this is. Like how, mm-hmm. how are your fourth quarter stats in a close game? Um, on this one. So the good news is Jimmy G's batting 500. If he's down or tied in the fourth quarter or overtime, he wins half the time. Again, the problem is he's always played with an amazing defense. So a whole quarter is, that's a lot of time to, to be like, you know, put it on the quarterback. So, um, you know, what I, we know what I haven't looked at is, is this is some, this is a, something that is lost on a lot of people. The re- how how Jimmy G got to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Francisco was zero and six when they traded for Jimmy G. 
and they ended up being he didn't play the first couple of weeks he was there. They were they were oh, they started the season zero and eight. Yeah. So how good was that defense? Because when he once he started playing the last half of the season, he went five and three mm-hmm. with that same team that went zero and eight. Mm-hmm. So I, I I kind of like hit the pause button on that. Because you say, oh, well, you know, it's because he had this great defense that he won games. Well, he went to an 0 and 8 team and he ended up 5 and 3 with an 0 and 8 team without mm-hmm. him. Also, until last season, the Niners couldn't win if Jimmy G wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Before Brock Purdy, the Niners were not winning without if Jimmy G wasn't the quarterback. So, yeah. you know, that's. Kind of, I kind of want to put pause on that real quick because I, I, I want to check and hopefully we'll have it for next time. What the defense would play, how they played, and what what rank were they when they were zero and eight in that season? There, there's no better, um, I think, stat guy than Jimmy Jimmy G String. Like his win losses is through the roof. Great um, when he's not in there. Great. It's just everything else. It's like. You're right. Like everything you said about him was true. He had that 13, like the one, I think the one season he was totally healthy all season. They go 13 and three, amazing year, right? And yet the Niners were like happy to let him go. They're like, you're out of here. And when Brock Purdy took over last season, they had almost identical stats. Mr. Irrelevant had almost exactly the same stats as Jimmy G with playing almost exactly the same amount of games last season. Um, same, almost exactly the same passing percentage. Almost the exact same yards per attempt. Uh, Jimmy G had a little bit better touchdown interception ratio and Brock Purdy had a, uh, better like taking sacks ratio, which isn't all that surprising. Right. Yeah. He got sacked 18 times. Brock Pur- Purdy got, got sacked 11. So it's like these numbers always make Jimmy G look great, but the Niners were just like, so, so ready and easily let him go. Mm-hmm. It's. Well, so it's like the, the tangible versus intangibles are like so drastic with him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the intangibles because of this. Uh, you got Brock Purdy who comes in there and he plays like Jimmy G, right? He mm-hmm. He's within the offense. But he does maybe throw a little bit more on the outside than Jimmy G does, but he's mainly over the middle type of guy and up the seams type of guy. Um, he's younger, doesn't have an injury history, and he's cheaper. So if you bring a guy in, look, look. I think this is more a question of Brock Purdy being that good than Jimmy G not being that good because they're, they're want Brock Purdy over the guy they traded three first round picks for Trey yep. Lance. So yep. it's not like it's, Oh, it's just any old guy off the street coming in here and, and taking Jimmy G's job. It's Hey, Jimmy G's older. He has an injury history. He's more expensive. We have this young kid who we're not paying shit to. Right. Um, uh, how, how bad him. does Trey Lance have to be when you're in like the most forgiving quarterback system in football Jesus and they gave up Christ. everything for Trey Lance and he like can barely find the field. Like, like seriously, ask yourself, like if you had to pay quarterback in the NFL right now, like 40, what are you? 44, 45, 45 year old Juan Soto. They're like, all right, you have to play quarterback in the NFL right now, which team. And, I, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I want you to answer honestly, honestly, which team would you play quarterback for? I would probably pay f- either for the Niners or for the Eagles. It it, it have like I would say for sure Niners because you don't have to in the Eagles you kind of have to run, and in Niners it's just like just dump it off to your stars right. Like if I had to play in any quarterback, like I'm safe with. That. I think it's a yeah. no brainer. Like you play with play with the Niners, and so I think and that's the other part of this with Jimmy G's like uncanny, unbelievable numbers, win loss rate, and stats. It's like it's the most forgiving place to be. 
in the NFL if you're a quarterback. It is it definitely, but the thing is, is before, like I said, before Trey Lance, yeah, that's your Trey Lance. But before Purdy, the other guys playing quarterback weren't winning. Now, does that mean like okay, these were all backups and they weren't that good? And Jimmy G is that much better than those guys? It's very mm-hmm. possible. It's very possible. Brock Purdy is that good, and he's on par or in the same realm as a Jimmy G s kind of guy. We just haven't seen him because he's a rookie. And that's possible as well, but. To, to say, well, you know, he's in a very forgiving system. That's why he won a lot. Uh, when they didn't have him, they didn't win. So it's not that forgiving. It's just the more and more stats you dig into with Jimmy G, the better and better he looks, right? Just even like he's fourth quarter stats, the comeback stats. Like that was Derek Carr's calling card, right? Like he's Mr. Ooh. Comeback. Uh, statistically, at least just in fourth quarter, Jimmy G's been better than him yeah. in that element, right? No. So it's like... The, the, the numbers keep adding the stats just back up Jimmy G so hard. Everything around him, the intangibles, coaches not wanting him, uh, moving on. Like they'd rather have Mr. Relevant, like all these other things. Injuries. Injury. Like, yeah, the, the injuries part. Well, um, the, the main reason why I, I wanted to look at this is to inspire some type of hope here. There's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, Jimmy G sucks. this night. Well, dude, he doesn't. Number one, let's just, get, let's just push that out of the realm of possibility. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. How good? We'll see when he's separated from, like you say, a very quarterback-friendly organization. We'll the see. friendliest system to be in as a quarterback. Yeah, we're going to find out. But what we do know is if there is a gap between Derek Carr, our old quarterback, and Jimmy G, our new quarterback, it's not as big as people are trying to make it out to be. If we have a fourth quarter where we need to have a comeback, Jimmy G is very capable of leading that comeback. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's going to do every single one, but he's capable of doing it because he's done it in the past. Yeah. He's led those types. Is it him flinging the ball you know, 60 yards down the field every single time like Derek Carr does? No, that's not his game. Is it him getting the ball on time, in rhythm, accurately to the guys, to the playmakers? That's his game. So it yeah. I don't care how we do it as long as we do it, right? So um, that's kind of like what I want. Because, I mean, what's more impressive, the sheer number of times that Derek Carr has come back or the percentage of times when he was put in that position with Jimmy G? I think they're both equally as, as impressive. But in, 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 a, in, a, in a vacuum, in this one season coming up, what I think we can agree on is if we're in the fourth quarter and we need to score, I think we're in good hands with Jimmy G. He's not going to get rattled. I think, I think, uh, I think the offense is in good hands, right? Cause then you can, you can, in a lot of ways you can mimic the Niners with the Raiders, right? All pro running back, all pro ride receiver, uh, all pro slot receiver, a lot of good run after the catch guys. Um, a, a rookie tight end that has a ton of promise. Did you see a um, picture of him walking next to guys? In the in, at the Coliseum, who mayor? God, he looked like a giant among kids at the Coliseum or elite. Yeah, at the Coliseum, they, they, they were walking out because they did that kind of like uh, the, where they, they the rookies put on their their jerseys for the first time and took pictures. That was at the Coliseum. Oh, was that was the NFLPA thing. Yeah, yeah. The, rookies, the Raiders sent four guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Now he looked like a giant, dude, a freaking giant. I'll see if I can find it for you. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Um, another story, and we were going to have uh, Rory on here this week, and he had to bail. Punked out on us. Whipped. 
Yeah, he's, he's super whipped by his chick. Big time. Because um, this is his calling card. So it's official. Um, and that's Tom why Brady, I put it on here, just for Rory. Right? Tom Brady is officially a Raider. Dot, dot, dot. As a minority owner. Uh, Paul Gutierrez tweeted out uh, a couple days ago. We have come... Mark, Via Mark Davis, Raiders owner. We have come to an agreement for Tom Brady to come a partner in the Raiders. And we have submitted it to the NFL for approval. We're excited for Tom to join the Raiders. And it's exciting because he will be just the third player in NFL history of the National Football League to become an owner. Uh, I guess that's a big, exciting thing. And uh, so Tom Brady, now in the silver and black, but as a suit instead of a jersey. Um, what do you make of it? Honestly, I just I, I'm I'm interested in to understand what the goal is for Mark Davis mm-hmm. by doing this. Is it like is he just trying to funnel Fox's money through Tom Brady into his pocket? You know, um, is he trying to get like a, a cash grab? Is he looking for Tom as more of like an ambassador worldwide because Tom Brady is a worldwide known name? Um, I don't know. It'd just be interesting to see what the what what the goal is um for Tom Brady to be a minority. Now when I say a minority, he's not a minority owner. He owns a minority stake. He's not a minority. He's a uh, a gender fluid Asian woman. That's why he's a minority wow. owner. No. Uh he is there. So we see companies do this constantly where they'll get a celebrity to be an owner of their company to attach his name to it, right? Wiz Khalifa is a partial owner in the Professional Fighting League. Uh, remember the Dolphins got a Sponsors, bunch of like, things Serena like Williams and like other like celebrity owners to be a part of their franchises and companies. He's basically a mascot. I'm yeah. predict- like, I don't. I, I haven't seen the contract. I don't know the numbers. More of it will come out. I'm telling you right now, he is a mascot, and he has a, a financial stake in it. He'll make a couple bucks, but he is a mascot for because um, he's he's for the UFC as well. Tom Brady is like one of these, like mean, Marky Mark's one as well. There's a bunch of like celebrity owners who have equity in the company and they're just, and they'll show up octagon side because one, you get to watch a, a sweet fight front row. And the more love you give to that company, you know, the more money you get because you're a minority owner, right? That's all this is. Tom Brady is there as a mascot. And Mark Davis, we know is a star fucker. Like, like Tom Brady is the most famous player in football. I think if you took the second and third most famous players in football, added them together, they're, they're probably as, still yeah. not as popular as Tom, Tom Brady. Like, no. who who do you think would be the second and third most famous players in the NFL? Like, Patrick Shit. Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, maybe Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Like, you put those two together, popularity-wise, I think Tom... Not popularity, because there's a lot of people who hate Tom Brady, because he beat everybody in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as just, like, famous meter... Name recognition. A level of fame, recognition... But when you have Tom a Brady's- world a worldwide uh, ex-wife a uh, supermodel, you know, yeah, and you get your name gets out there. That's I mean, look, it's a smart business move. You know, you can call Mark Davis a star fucker. I like to call him a money maker. This fool is just making money hand over fist. Having Tom Brady as part of your brand, I guess, to help lure in contacts that he has to maybe open doors that wouldn't be normally open because. You're a freaking, you know, freckled ginger with a bowl cut. You know, it's a bit, much, much nicer face to look at, right? To open doors that normally maybe won't be opened. 
Uh, Mark Davis should get the same work done on his face that Tom Brady did. And just dude, look like each other. Exactly. Did you ever uh, see a behind like, behind the yes. Kamala? Yes. <laughs> or is uh, uh, Liberace? Dude. Yeah, it was so good. With, they look uh, just like him now. With like, it was basically if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO. It's great. It's like the story of Liberace and like his employee slash fuckboy, and he made his employees start getting plastic surgery to look like Liberace. Like Liberace. Yeah, they all look like him himself. now. Yeah. Yeah, like all they always did it. It's like that'd be great. That was a great um, movie, dude. Is, is there on the field wise? Does Tom Brady in this role have any effect on the Raiders on the field? Like in this role, do you think he'll like go into the quarterback room and, and give a little advice? Do you think he'd go to Josh McDaniels and be like, "Look, uh, I, I saw Jimmy throwing it like this. Maybe we should try like that." Do you think Tom Brady does any of that? Is this is there even a point? Is he going to help the team even 0.001% on the field? I don't, I don't think, think he's brought in for any on the field stuff. I don't think so. That, that, that's the thing is I don't know, but I don't I don't feel like this was a football move by Mark Davis. This was a Raiders business move by Mark Davis and a very smart one. I, uh, I mean, business-wise, you, you know, how you feel about Tom Brady, that's yeah. why I wanted Rory on here because he was going to freaking melt his laptop screaming. I was going to say, like, do you think the like, Patriots fans are, like, burning their Brady jerseys because he's a Raider now? Like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no one. That would be awesome. If you know, hey, guys, if, you have, if you've seen any tweets, videos, text messages from friends of Pats fans furious at Tom Brady for this role, please let me. I'm very curious. Set I'm very curious. I, I really want to know. I'd be, I'd be dying to know. Um, last thing on this is like, I wonder if Mark Davis realizes that bringing Tom Brady into the owner's box, what if he starts banging that Cirque du Soleil chick that Mark Davis brought? It's like, oh, do you really, if you're a single guy, do you really want Tom Brady around? Do you really oh. want a, sing, a, a single and ready to mingle in retirement with time on his hands, Tom Brady, in okay. your owner's box? When you got that stack, bro, when you got that cash, you got those Cirque du Soleil chicks on a freaking repeat, bro, dude. I, I I think freaking Mark Davis might sit in the corner and get a little beat on just freaking watching Tommy and his technique. <laughs> I bet you Tom Brady's terrible in the sack because he's just so damn good looking. You know what I mean? Like, he's never he's had always trying to call audibles, bro. Like, listen, man. I think he's just straight up like, like, just, I think when he has sex, he just like takes off his pants, sits in the chair. Like goes on his phone looking at film also check his services. Yeah. Like I don't think he I don't think he puts in the work because he's never had to. I don't want to think about Tom Brady fucking, sorry. So Tom Brady in an Eiffel Tower. Do you think that he's the front of the tower, the back of the tower? Mark Davis and Tom Brady in an Eiffel Tower. Who's in what position? Describe it in vivid detail, Soto. I want to hear what you think. It's probably more of an arc the triumph <laughs> because like they don't, they're not the same height. You know what I'm saying? Like they arc can't the reach triumph. up. And, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be more of a type thing. Um, It's just going to be so weird. Like, do you think he's going to wear like a Jersey, like a Raiders Jersey in the, no, he's not going to wear a Jersey. He'll, he'll wear a pin or something. He'll be dressed like in, Raider gear, like a polo or whatever they the way they wear to the games, but I don't think he's gonna wear a jersey. What if he wears a Garoppolo jersey, bro? What if he wears an Aiden O'Connell jersey? 
What if it's just a number four and it's blank and you don't know which guy he's rooting for? If he's it like, says, oh, this is for Carr. It says Farva. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best thing ever if it said Farva on the back. Dude. So we're going to start doing merch. A little sneak peek for you guys. We're going to start doing some some merch when this next season rolls around. We're in the process of making sure it's like good stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm really debating what kind of Farva stuff we put. Do we just make it like a Raiders jersey and just have four in the Farva in the back? Dude, do we yeah, do we really it. drive it home and put Farva's face on the number four jersey? I'm wondering. No, we should just make jerseys like the shirt jerseys. It's a t-shirt, but yeah. it looks like a jersey. That's what I'm and, saying. And instead of the Raiders logo, we'll have the our windbags logo right here. Everything yeah. else will look just like a, a jersey. It'll have the number four and on the back. It'll say Farva. And that's it. It should come with uh with like a Farva mask. Too. Like it comes with one of those like popsicle stick masks on a thing. Bro, you're eating into our profits now. How expensive you think those are going to be? Well, you could put it. I mean, if you put it all together, you charge premium. You know what I mean? Like we'll do oh, like a combo. See, you look at guys. I'm just trying to rake you over the coals. I'm just trying to get you good merch. Tell me you wouldn't want a Farva costume. For I'm actually going to wear that for Halloween this year. That'd be awesome. It'd be absolutely fantastic. Um. So the NFL Power Index that ESPN puts out is just them doing their funky math, kind of predicting how this next season is going to go. Again, it's not gospel, but it's always kind of fun to look at. Um, well, I say fun because it inspires discussion, not fun because it makes the Raiders look good at all. Oh, God, it's all so bad. They're predicting that their win-loss, or their, their the number of wins would be 7.6 to 9.3, 24th overall. Playoff probability, 21.4%, 28th overall. Win division probability, the odds of them winning the AFC West, 7%. That's 30th, third to last in the NFL. Make divisional round of the playoffs, 9%, 28th. A little better. Make conference championship, 2.9%, 27th. A little better. Make the Super Bowl, 1.1%, 27th. Win the Super Bowl, 0.4%, 27 overall rank so according to the nfl power index um raiders aren't looking too great next season yeah why would you put this negativity into our show soto because last year that was the seattle seahawks you want that you want the nerds you want the nerds to hate on us somebody so there's always a team out there that uh is just left for dead and there's always one team that comes out of nowhere. Last year was two teams. It was the Giants and it was Seattle that came mm-hmm. out of nowhere to uh, uh, get to the playoffs. So let's look back. So what was the the similarity b- between those two? One, I feel like the NFC West was nowhere near as good as people thought, right? Everyone thought the AFC West and NFC West were just going to like destroy everybody. They're going to like crush everyone. That didn't happen, right? Um, the AFC West did send two teams to the playoffs. Um, NFC West Rams completely imploded. Niners were Niners were good somehow. Um, all this stuff, like it's also indicative. It's like, oh man, they they really hate the Raiders. It's like, well, they hate the Raiders in the AFC West. I think the I think people are a lot more and optimistic the, about the Broncos this season. Obviously, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Chargers are just. Shitting out pro bowlers at every position, right? Thank God Staley's there to drag them down for as long as possible. Yeah, and- it's it's a lot of it. I think is is their strength of schedule, man. All right, guys. Well, I told you, or we told you, that RJ is in China right now. So unfortunately, 
he dropped off. He couldn't finish. I don't know what happened. We're still recording, though, and I'm going to finish the show out strong. So we're talking about the NFL Power Index. Uh, I think the biggest issue that we're running through right now is there's a lot of uncertainty on this team. Uh, we talked a little bit about the quarterback position. We talked about maybe not have people not having a, a lot of faith. And really, he hasn't really uh, – Josh McDaniels hasn't really inspired a lot of faith and hope uh, by his um, – his uh, record uh, of how the Raiders are going to do this year. On top of that, you have one of the more brutal uh, strengths of schedule. Yeah, that's going to uh, that's going to get us really, you know, it's going to give us a lot of questions, right? I'm, I'm actually com uh, uh, communicating with RJ right now. We're trying to get him get him back on, but I'm going to finish this show. And if we use this, great. And if he comes back on and we finish. That's okay, too. So moving on, Bleacher Report had an article, and it, it had one move every NFL team needs to make. Um, and all the areas of concern that we have, questions at quarterback and also the, the whole quarterback room. You have a rookie, you have very old Brian Horrier, and you have an oft-injured Jimmy G. Uh, you have a defensive line that has been devoid of any type of interior pass rush for quite some time. You have a linebacking crew that was already, you know, not the best. We lost the most productive player off of that linebacking core and we signed backups from other teams and we drafted a guy in like the sixth round. Linebacking is an issue. Also, our secondary is just a jumble of a bunch of new people. So with all of those position groups that need to be fixed, need to be steady, right? Bleacher Report chose the offensive line. Now, far be it from me to call somebody out for being lazy. I just think it's very easy to pick on the offensive line if you're like an outsider not really looking at the games. It's really easy to pick on our offensive line because they don't really have a lot of big names. Uh, the only really name out there is Colton Miller. And even then, he's not talked about, even though he probably is one of the best left tackles in the NFL, he's not really talked about a lot. Um, so it's really easy to, to, to pick on this position group that you know really wasn't that bad. They were middle of the pack in a lot of key statistical uh, categories. Um, pressure rate. Sack rate, um, time to throw. They were one of the best, I think, in, the, in, in time to throw. So I don't know. And they had a leading rusher in the NFL, right? Uh, so I don't know that necessarily it's an area that needs to be our biggest thing we need to do. I think we have a couple of, of places, a couple of levels on the defensive end that need to be shored up a little bit. Uh, but maybe it's because we really haven't done much in the draft now, I know we drafted a couple. We got up, excuse me, signed a couple of undrafted free agents, but ultimately, I don't know, man. I I don't really think that. Um, I think it's a very easy narrative to put out there that yeah, we need to get better on the offensive line because you can't really name anybody off of our offensive line aside from Colton Miller. Uh, but yeah, it's, I just think we have a, a couple of areas of need. I think overall the defensive line is good. It's just the defense interior needs a little bit of work. I think overall our linebacking core and our secondary need a lot more work than our um, our uh, offensive line does. That's just me. Poof! I'm back. 
Miracle of Technology. I'm back. Uh, what a winbags. Here we go. Boogie. I know most Raider fans of Kansas City is their most hated AFC West rival, but it's always been the stupid-ass Chargers for me because I live in SoCal. It's always a good day when we can make fun of or embarrass the Chargers. This is about Mark Davis with the new rule where so you can, NFL can flex Thursday night games. And Mark Davis said it. I'm paraphrasing. This is BS. Like, what if a bunch of Raider fans from L.A. and the three Charger fans that exist try to go to a game and it's all mixed so up? Good. So anytime – you can just kind of like sneak just, in a passive aggressive oh, dig. That's so good. It's well, and and that's the thing is like, all right, who's the biggest rivalry? Like I always say Chiefs just because they keep fucking beating us and they're like in the middle of a dynasty. Because with the Chargers, we can always make fun of them because they have no fans. With the Broncos, we can always make fun of them because we sweep them every year. That's why to me it's the Chiefs. It's, it's been the Chiefs for me forever. Game. It's been the Chiefs because yeah. the Chiefs, they, they've had short spells of not being good. But I don't know mm-hmm. how often they've been really bad. They've been pretty good for a long time. And, um, yeah. you know, they just have a stronger, more vocal fan base. And you want to go against the best. Um, you know, most of the people in Cal- in Southern California, especially in Los Angeles, who are, you know, around our age and who are Charger fans, they just were too scared to be Raider fans when they were younger. Uh, Jose Cerna. Um, so you did a live video, if you guys haven't seen it, about Aiden O'Connell wearing number four, obviously Derek Carr's number the last nine years. Um, and there's a lot of comments like this, Soto, so I wanted to give you a platform to, to retort. Soto, you're the only one making it an issue. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Nobody gives a fuck. Raider Nation for life. Come on. It's all about the Raiders. People are saying, it's no big deal. Why'd you make a whole live video about Aiden O'Connell wearing number four. Your retort, Soto. They're probably not on any type of social media or listen to a lot of stuff that's not like national, like ESPN and stuff. That's probably what they listen to. Because if you look at like the in-depth stuff, like the content creators, if you go on social media and follow Raiders, content creators and Raiders, you know, writers and anything like Raiders pages, this was all over the place. Yeah. So I guarantee you it wasn't me trying to invent stuff because this came out Saturday and I let it rest to see if it was going to bubble up or not. And I didn't do this video until Sunday night. So I gave it more than 24 hours to kind of see if it was going to be a thing or if it was going to pass on. And it, it, it was a thing. We're on very different platforms because I didn't see a lot. I saw here and there. I saw more outrage at the outrage, right? Like I saw more people... I didn't. I saw very few people like generally upset that Aiden O'Connell was wearing four. I saw a hundred times that of people being mad at the people being mad. I saw um, a lot of both. It was pretty even. But so I thought it was a nothing. And when you did the live video, I'm like, this is stupid. But it did great numbers. Like that that video you did on um, on people being mad about it. A lot of people clicked that link. So I guess it's a big deal. It's about the thumbnail. <laughs> the scorched earth uh, like, nuclear thumbnail. Right. You're so proud of that thumbnail, as you should be. It was great. So good. Uh, Steve Steele. Hey, shut up. The Broncos were Derek Carr's bitches. We'll lose to them now. So like I said, like the big great thing we've been able to say, despite how you know not a ton of amazing things have happened for the Raiders the last few seasons, but being able to sweep the Broncos, not once, not twice, but thrice in a row, is beautiful. Like, talk Constantly to talk shit to all the Broncos fans. Um how much was Carr 
how much how much uh, credit do you give Carr for sweeping the Broncos the last three seasons? How much percentage credit does he get? And is and do we do we do we risk do we risk losing to the Broncos now because he's gone? I think more so the issue is not Carr not being here. I think it's they have Sean Payton as their coach now, and it's going to hundred percent steady, steady because they've had such a turmoil the last few years. Coaches, players, freaking you know your boy Ruffle freaking took over and was doing everything Ruffle. the hell he wanted Ruffle. to do. Yeah, what Ruffle. Ruffle. But it's it, it's if we lose, I hope we don't because I hate him. But if we do lose, it's not going to be because Carr is gone. It's because they have a. a uh, an organizational steadying influence in Sean Payton there now. Hopefully it takes forever for that to happen. Please. But we'll see. All right. That's it for this episode of the Autumn Windbags. The Windbags do Shanghai. Shanghai. Um, I'll still be able to kind of look at the outside world a little bit for my hole in Shanghai. So if anything comes up, we'll be able to get to it. But until then, you're not going to wait if you're with me. Hey.